Welcome to the Glasgow Triathlon Club podcast, bringing you training advice, race reports and club news. Hi and welcome to the Glasgow Triathlon Club podcast. It's been a funny old year, but this month we are going to talk about swimming, which as some of you will know is my favourite ever subject. Um, It's been so nice to see some of you at ABS this year. Like I think more and more people have been swimming uh, outside over... um, the summer and it's just yeah it's been really nice to see so many people out and about and enjoying the water when we've not been able to get in the pools um but we are back in the pools now uh, or some of us are so um our first guest is going to be vicky uh, our head coach as you all know um and she's going to talk us through her pool sessions that she's uh, planned and written and, and posted on the facebook group um, and we're going to talk a little bit about getting back into the pool what to look out for um what to do and what not to do and then we are welcoming Sarah from Beyond the Water. So Sarah is a swim coach and tutor up um, in the Cairn Gorms. And some of you, in fact, I know some of you know her. Um, and yeah, we've got a great interview with her just about um, keeping on swimming outside as the weather gets colder. Um, and it is getting colder now. I think it's, depending on where you're swimming, it's around about 10 degrees at the moment. Um, and... I know that some of you are keen to keep swimming and I know that some of you think that that is a stupid idea. (laughs) But hopefully this interview will convince you to keep swimming as long as you can into the winter as it gets colder. Right, let's get on it. Let's speak to Vicky. So welcome, Vicky. Welcome to our podcast. Um, I don't even know what month it is. I don't really know. I think I've kind of given up counting. Just at the end of September, aren't we? <laughs> don't know what day it is. Yeah. Don't know what year it is anymore. Um. <laughs> oh dear, what a year! Um, but on the plus side, we are back to swimming in swimming pools, or at least most of us are. How exciting! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's 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 getting there. We're getting there with it. <laughs> have you um, have you managed to make it to the pool since they opened? Yes, I've done two pool swims in different pools, um, one at David Lloyd and one at Kaki. Oh, nice. Lovely. Um, and what have you, what are their timings? Because our, our timings at the moment are like 30 minutes when I swim. Is, is that the same with you? No, we, we've got them, it's, it's an hour slot, but you get 45 minutes to swim. Um, okay. And the, the slots are kind of allocated throughout the day so that you're kind of not um mixing with other gym users shall we say yeah okay fair enough mm. and have you have you found your sessions to be busy no the the two sessions i've been at weren't at all actually i went as i said once to david lloyd to the sort of private you know club mm-hmm. where and myself and a friend just two of us were in a lane and in Kirky, there was myself and two um, young swimmers who were obviously club swimmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was just the three of us in a big wide lane. And that worked really rather well because we were all swimming quite nicely. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, that's good to know. I've, I've kind of heard babying stories. We, we, I'm at Nuffield and that's been generally quiet, although I went the other day and there was about six of us in over four lanes mm-hmm. um but 
the islander I know has been a wee bit busier here and there and yeah I think I think it's just a learning process for all of the gyms and pools isn't it? finding out which slots aren't too busy or and or you know which slots suit your own schedule you know because I think I might try some of the evening slots because they look like they've got they've got the most availability you know just go late yeah I found at Nuffield as well that the later sessions had more sort of swim- I hate to use the word serious for yeah. most yeah. sort of people doing sets and front crawl rather than um, just sort of pottering about doing um, breaststroke, I suppose. But that sounds derogatory. I don't mean it like that. No, no, just, but rather than just, yeah, people who are maybe just there to kind of, you know, do a nice fitness session, but they're not swimming um, a, a planned session. They're, yeah. they're just up and down. Exactly. <laughs> Well, at least they're open, though, and hopefully they'll stay open for the rest of the year. And that is certainly what we're planning, isn't it? And you've done a huge amount of work in getting all those swim sessions together for everybody. Yeah, it's a start. You know, I think that um, if if people use the swim sessions, and there's some evidence on the Facebook page that people are interested in them, asking where they are when they're not uploading properly and things like that, um, uh-huh. you know, that... You know, if people use the sessions, it's difficult for me to know whether they're using the sessions or to track the use of the sessions. But if they are using them, I'll continue to um, plan and post them kind of in the same way that we did for the run podcasts. You know, if people show interest, then it's it means it's a, a relevant addition to the schedule. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good idea. Um, and I think, well, I, I've... What I wanted to really talk about was sort of some of the things to be aware of and some of the reasoning behind those sessions that you've created and some of the um, some of the drills that you've put in there. Mm-hmm. What are the I suppose for, for for a lot of people they've maybe swam through summer open water whilst the pools have been closed, which has been great. Yeah. Um, it's just it is a bit of a different experience though, isn't it? And I think for a lot of people, um especially regular triathletes, maybe they're swimming less because it's a bit more inconvenient to go open water. So maybe they're, they've been used to swimming, let's say, 9k a week and now they're only swimming 4k a week. Or Yeah. I mean, I think because the sessions that, that anyone is likely to be swimming at the moment are likely to be short, unless you're fortunate enough to, to get in on a, a, a club booking. I know that some clubs are just about managing to get a few sessions together um that certainly doesn't apply to us so I mean initially my kind of thinking behind the sessions the the sort of very first one was just let's deal with the basics because when you're in the water in the pool it's a very different experience you don't have your wetsuit on your, your sort of um your streamlining is very different in the water. Your buoyancy is different in the water. Your range of motion can be different based on your wetsuit. So there's lots of different things to have to respond to. Um, and when we've been so familiar with swimming with our wetsuits on, um, certainly for myself, when I first went back, I was <laughs> I was knackered. I was like, that. oh, dear God, you know, I'm exhausted and I've swum about, you know, 1,500 metres and, and, and the, my... For example, my turns were just diabolical. Just, <laughs> you need to turn in open water. Yep. 
Yeah. And also, um, I just found that my stroke was just all over the place as well, yeah. like just yeah. a big mess, really. <laughs> so uninformed and so, um, you know, I, th I think when you when you have the constraint of a wetsuit, um, it does do something to kind of hold everything in line a little bit. It's like having a big body stocking on, <laughs> for want of a better word. So there is a certain amount of tension that that, that creates in, in your body. And when that's taken away from you, you've got a very different range of motion to that which you had when you had that um, tension from the wetsuit. Um, yeah, so I always, you know, I, I always certainly find it, the transition um, quite unusual. It's an unusual feeling. Yeah, and I suppose then for, for that reason, then we've got to just be a little bit aware that um, that combined with possibly a lack of consistent training over lockdown might just put us a little bit more at risk of injury in our ligaments and tendons, won't it? So we need to be maybe a wee bit mindful of getting back in the pool and not just going hell for leather for the sake of it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm very conscious of that as a coach and, and um it's one of the reasons that we've tended as a club to shy away from posting sessions uh, on a, on our public, you know, I say public forum, on our group forum, because you have to be a member of the group. Um, but the fear always is that by delivering sessions um, openly and without any um, explanation, constraint, restraint, um, visual feedback, um, from your coach, there's always a danger that you you continue to do things a little bit wrong, a little bit off kilter, a little bit less good than you should be doing it, and then lots of a little bit less good becomes more than just a little bit less good. It becomes a big less good thing, <laughs> problem. And you think once you've repeated something. X number of hundred times over one session, and that can easily be the case. Um, and then you continue to repeat it as you continue on through the winter. There, there are risks with just posting sessions for people, and it is, like I say, generally why we've shied away from that in the past. Um, yeah, it's always a fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but I suppose that's why you've included quite a lot of drills in those sessions. Um, yeah. yeah, and I've tried to be, I've tried to, they're quite, there are coaching points to the side of the session plan, which if you're not interested in them, you can completely ignore them. They're quite wordy. They won't work for everybody. Um, my, my, my alternative would be to sort of try and add in some visuals, some pictures, some maybe some some video links and things but obviously people can't do that while they're in the swimming pool so if they're print session out and they have it in a poly pocket the words are there for them to take a look at um even if they don't read them all in the right order yeah. <laughs> when they're swimming um you know at least they can refer to some of the kind of key points yeah. um, that we're trying to get across and if anybody has any um, anybody Sorry. has any questions about um, some of that wording, then they can post on the group, can't they? And coaches oh, can answer. One hundred percent. And you know, I've, I've specifically suggested that the that the that they contact the coaches, not just me individually, because mm -hmm. 
you know, our our team of coaches um, add a lot more than what I can add. You know, the whole team have coached lots of different people and will be more familiar with different people and have a memory of their strokes. So if, for example, swimmer uh, John decides to get in, in touch with coach Kate, whom mm-hmm. they've coached by regularly, then that's the best option. There's no point in swimmer John getting in touch with me, coach Vicky, whom hasn't ever coached them before. So I really want to encourage people to, to you know, get a, a bigger picture and to, to speak to the coaches that they're familiar with and to try and get a conversation going about what they're doing when they're swimming, whether or not yeah. actually do it remains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think that sounds... Uh, really sensible. Um, we could do a sort of open forum night, actually. That might be a nice idea, speaking of that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's organise that. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, swim, mm-hmm. swim Q&A night. Swim Q&A. Oh, my favourite subject. <laughs> after, after Keanu Reeves, swimming is my favourite subject. Keanu Reeves, <laughs> my God. Here, you shut up. <laughs> Love of my life. <laughs> Um, I wanted to touch upon um, some of the things that we should be looking out for specifically that um, the, maybe the wetsuit has helped with if people have been swimming with a wetsuit over summer um, or just things that we should be more aware of in the pool that maybe we're not quite aware of um, in open water that yeah we just need to manage a little bit over the next few weeks. I mean obviously you've got buoyancy as your sort of first and fairly obvious um, uh, pro as opposed to con um, that you might feel when you're swimming in a wetsuit. Um, although to be fair, some people you know, don't always enjoy the feeling of, of buoyancy given by a wetsuit. They're quite happy about it. Yeah. Um, so you've got to, in the first instance, be aware of the difference. Um, I suppose something that might be possible uh, to highlight that awareness uh, would be to ask within your local pool, can I wear my wetsuit to swim a couple of lengths mm. and immediately take it off and swim without it on? Or if you've got the chance to swim a few more open water sessions, if you're brave enough <laughs> in the shell, to take your wetsuit off just as you're finishing and feel the difference between your wetsuit on, wetsuit off, just to raise your awareness of the differences. It, it, it can be really informative, um, particularly thinking about your sort of, um, your kind of main kind of triangle body core area and then your, your legs towards the back. Um, yeah. You know, and, and how that changes, whether or not you're lifted through the middle by your wetsuit or you find you're lifted more towards, um, for example, your, your calves, your, your lower legs. Because um, people have wetsuits which tend to do slightly different things. Yeah. Um, and you get buoyancy in different places depending on what you've purchased. Mm-hmm. I've heard quite a few people talking about um, their sinky legs as they've got back into the pool. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sinky legs and flaily arms. <laughs> sinky legs, yeah. Um, the flaily arms are, are just a, a, a direct response to the uh, the sinky legs. <laughs> um, you don't you don't automatically have flaily arms. Um, I, I think that 
in the first instance, some really simple things like being aware of that and then, you know, physically trying to deal with it, using your abdominals, using your sort of central core area to try and lift, not necessarily kick really hard. Um, kicking really hard is, is most likely just to tire you out aerobically or anaerobically. You're just going to get puffed out. Um, but working on using your sort of abdominal area to try and stay high in the water and, and stay fairly sort of um, in line with the surface or parallel to the surface of the water, I think, um, would be a, a suggestion there. Okay. Um, without your coach actually giving you that feedback can be difficult to know <laughs> whether <laughs> your legs are sinking, um, yeah. which, of course, leads us back to the very initial points about having a coach or not having a coach. <laughs> um, I mean, there are sort of other notions that people speak about. There are sort of feeling like you're maybe wanting to swim with your chest low in the water, keeping your line of vision, um, not necessarily low, but neutral, keeping your line of vision neutral. Um, yeah. and, and trying to think about whether or not you, when you're turning to breathe, you're turning just to the side to breathe or whether you feel as though you're turning your head way up to the ceiling and and gazing up at the sky um yeah. you know and trying to avoid excessive turning um because that tends to cause you to drop at the back end yeah yeah and you can get into those habits can't you when you're open water because yeah. there's chop and things and the way in sun and right. other yeah yeah. things we don't have to deal with in a pool. Yeah, and in open water you're always sighting, so you, you do tend to look up, but you have the added buoyancy of your wetsuit to help and it helps to control that. Um, you know, because the minute you put your head back down again in your wetsuit, your legs will usually rise to the surface of the water. Um, but without that in the pool, <clears throat> you've got to use your physicality your own sense of awareness to deal with that and you yeah. shouldn't really be needing to look where you're going as often if you're in a swimming pool <laughs> for most of us anyway um is there anything else that you think that we need to be focusing on as we we get back into the water i think one of the other things i had sort of i mean i, I tried to do this a sort of traditional hierarchy checklist with the sessions i'd originally planned um, and I'd introduced the sort of fundamentals to our, say, development squad swimmers and added in a couple more for each of the then masters and performance squad swimmers. So I think it's it's about trying to deal with the sort of fundamentals first, and everybody might have a slightly different take on what their fundamental thing is, but for a lot of us it might just be the streamlining, you know, the, the, the push and glide aspect, the being flat on the surface of the water. If any and every one of us gets that right, believe me, we're going to have a better experience in the water. That applies to every single swimmer, not just our development and not just our performance. Yeah. So working on that would be you know kind of critical to having a good experience okay um, I think turns as well because turns have such a massive impact on your pool swimming mm -hmm. 
very little impact on your um, open water swimming. Yeah. So familiarity with your turns and what that feels like. I mean, I think in the first instance, you're actually going to feel aerobically challenged by this because you're having to turn as often. It takes more out of you than you would normally be experiencing if you've been swimming open water all through the summer. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. And I think actually, and having, and this this chat has happened on our Facebook group as well, having been ill with suspected COVID, um, I've noticed that my lung capacity is just pretty poor at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the turns are much harder than they used to be. Yeah, because you're you're going to have you you, you well you have you have to hold your breath for that period, um, of yeah. turn and whether you're doing a, a tumble turn or a touch turn, um, there is a, a moment where you have to sort of hold your breath and exhale um and and be able to exhale fully um before sort of you know you're ready to take the next breath again, yeah. um my my little cat's just coming she's <laughs> meowing away, um. <laughs> But I, I think that the other sort of thing that I'd sort of, I think, mentioned in, in my little session plan was just that notion of, <laughs> can you hear her? You've got that notion of, yes, it's aerobically challenging, but you've also got the, the interruption to what has been your rhythm, because your rhythm over the summer has pretty much been uninterrupted unless you've stop to chat to your mates or admire the view. Oh, um, no, what you're talking about, Becky. <laughs> you, know, you can, you know, you can swim for as long as you like um, in a, many of our open water environments without any interruption and therefore you 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 develop your rhythm, whatever yeah. that happens to be. So trying to think about not being bothered by the interruption of your turns is, is, is it's just a bit annoying. I found it really annoying the other day. I was like, oh my God, I mean, turn. <laughs> and added to that, the turn was a kind of slightly weird, wide, long turn because the Kirk and Tillich pool had wide lanes. Mm-hmm. So you were having to cut diagonally across the lane to avoid the other swimmer and diagonally back across to get to your swim location. It was just, it was quite difficult. Yeah, that's weird. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and not something you'll have practiced over the summer. No, no, because usually you're, you're, in, you're in a lane which is, however wide a traditional lane is, a standard lane is probably about, I don't know how wide it is, one point something metres, 1.2 or 1.5 metres. And then we've got this massive three metre lane to deal with um yeah. yeah and the point of which is that you're meant to be socially distanced so you don't really want to just swim right up the middle <laughs> <laughs> and disobey all the rules uh-huh unless we're being that aggressive pool swimmer and we joke about it <laughs> yeah, just yeah. <laughs> don't be that person um is there anything else that you think we need to consider as we as we get back into the pool um, I think I think keeping keeping your focus goals realistic um, because we don't really know what 
the future holds just at the moment. Um, you know, and, and to suggest to someone that they're most definitely going to be racing, for example, an Ironman in May at the moment is just, it seems a bit ridiculous. So what we don't want to do is, is have people overtraining for an yeah. event that actually never happens. Um, you, you have to you have to strike a balance between feeling satisfied that you've done enough training and done the right training, um, and understanding what your limits are, um, because we could all train exponentially in this current phase, but we would all just break down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, um, and maybe maybe not everyone will uh, have the same desires as me, but um, I have really, really enjoyed doing like really short, sharp intervals because I'm just, when I go up and water swimming, I just love to sort of water about and look at the views and yeah. go for nice long swims. But when I'm in the pool, I love to do like short, sharp sessions. Well, yeah. we've only got 30 minutes so at, at the moment anyway, or 45. Yeah. So I'm pounding out the pace and looking at a watch going, woohoo! my pace is fast again I'm like I know the danger of that I know yeah. as a coach I know as an athlete and uh, yeah we should definitely not be doing that should we? I think I think it's just like it's just like you know try and balance it and I think that after this sort of first block what I'll probably try and do is get another coach to to write another part of the week's sessions so for example, you know, if, if let's say I write the endurance set, we could get someone else in to write the sprint set or the faster set. Yeah. So that, um, you know, the swimmers have got a, an option there to, to slot it in when suits them. And, and then it's just adding that variety to their training session that should be there. Um, I'm not entirely keen on putting in sprint sets at the moment just because generally not the time of year that we would it but that's not to say that we can't swim faster um you know and, and encourage people to sort of get back to where they were and, and sort of possibly exceed that or possibly just be a better swimmer than that because I think you know we've got a massive opportunity to learn a lot you know in this phase just now uh, and to be a better athlete rather than necessarily what always seems to be at people's uh, the forefront of people's minds which is to be a faster athlete well you really only get faster if you're better what comes first it's a bee chicken and egg situation and I would always say you kind of need to be better before you get faster yeah and that, I think that applies to swimming maybe more than any of the mm. other sports that we do, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, and you'll have witnessed it. You'll have seen um, people who who can swim fast, but perhaps for a limited um, duration or distance. Um, yeah. But there are other people who just swim better and they don't stress themselves. They don't uh, create a, a sort of negative effect on their bodies. They don't... Mm -hmm exhaust themselves they and they mostly appear to joy enjoy the experience much more than the, <laughs> the thrasher bashers they're not fighting it are they <laughs> yeah yeah 
I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've kind of um, concluded then that uh, we need to be doing obviously a few sessions. How many sessions? If, if, bearing in mind, most people will be swimming for shorter periods than they would usually. How many sessions do you think is realistic for kind of the average triathlete to aim for at the moment? Would you say three or four sessions a week? Yeah, I, mean, I think I think based on the kind of current booking <laughs> booking um, availability, I think we'll be lucky if you get you'd be lucky if you get three. Yeah. Uh, the particular that, that that suits your time schedule and everything else round about it. Um, so I think two would probably be relatively successful. And then if you get three, you've kind of gone, woohoo, yeah, you've managed to get three slots this week. Lucky me. Um, you know, it's it's not even, it's, it's, not, it's so out of our control, that aspect of it. Um, it forces you to go in with a plan, doesn't it? And it forces you it, to be efficient. It should do, yeah, yeah. Because you've also paid for that session online before you've even got there. Um which is a good thing because that's why people come to our club sessions because they have paid for them um, and they know that they're going to, you know, receive their coaching. Um, yeah. 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 So it's, it's kind of important that they know they know what they're going to do when they get there. So there's not faffing, you're efficient, you get it done. Yeah. Um, Use the time properly. Yeah. And therefore you know, the plans that you've created are kind of perfect for that. And I think it's a good idea to read them before you go. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. It's a good idea to just glance over them, get a sense of, of the sort of, not necessarily the numbers. The numbers are relevant to a certain extent. But if you don't get through a full session, that's not the end of the world, particularly at the moment. Um, yeah. I think it's more about understanding the kind of, uh, outcomes of the session, the, the aims, objectives, outcomes, and sort of going, okay, you, you know, th this is this is what the coach has suggested, but what do I make of that? What's my interpretation of that as a swimmer? Which bit do I want to focus on? Because obviously everybody knows themselves much more, uh, I'll say the word intimately, than than any coach could know them. So, you know, you go to a session and you think, yeah, I'm up for this today. I feel like I'll take on board these little bits and pieces of information. Or some days you might go and go, nah, so not up for that. I just want to thrash up and down. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to cover some distance, you know, and, and you are the person who knows that. So you need to interpret the session um, based on how you're feeling in that particular moment. Yeah, perfect, perfect advice. That's great. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else we need to talk about, Vicky? I don't know. I mean, I think I, I do. I think that the the notion that um, people might get, like you t touched on, injured or hurt does worry me a bit. So I do want for for our swimmers, our athletes, to feel that they can ask questions about that. And that's not to say that the coaches can can properly advise. But we can. We've, we've had our physio chat with Johnny previously. We can yeah. um, direct them um, to professional help where that's concerned, because we don't want for people to, like, like we said, to overtrain or just to train. I don't know. It's not even wrong, is it? Wrong isn't wrong. Isn't the right word. 
but to just practice things that aren't quite right. If they continue to practice things that aren't quite right, it's never going to work out that well. No. And now actually is the perfect time to deal with little niggles, isn't it? Mm. It doesn't really matter if you're having, if you need to take some time off, you're not going to lose much fitness. You know, you've got plenty of time to gain it back up again for next season, whatever that's going to look like. Yeah, Um, yeah. So if you're finding little niggles in your shoulder or little impingements here and there, then yeah, now's definitely the time to sort them out and like, yeah, take a bit of time off if you need it or do your like you know, supplement your swimming with your strength work. Yeah, exactly. from you know yeah. whoever it is, Project Three or from a physio or you yeah. know whoever. Very much so, and I think that those little signs you get from your body are exactly that. It's your body saying to you, "Oh, not quite right here. Oh, <laughs> what <are> you doing?" <laughs> you know, so <laughs> taking the time to listen to that and make adjustments. You know. I think that if if you're aware of something that doesn't feel right, it's your opportunity to actually make a difference and change, and that that's that's key. That's critical. The making a difference and changing is critical, and that's often why coaches might get frustrated because a swimmer might come to them and say, "I'm swimming like this, and I want to keep swimming like this, but I keep getting a pain," and we say. <laughs> Well, if you keep swimming like that, that pain will keep happening. So you mm-hmm. need to change something. And that openness to, to change is, is critical. Got it, yeah. got to get that right. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think a lot, a lot, of it, I don't know how to phrase it, but it's probably easier to change swimming. Out of all the three sports that we do in triathlon, it's probably... For many of us, the easiest one to actually change because there are there's little things, there's lots of little things we can do. Mm-hmm. Whilst with running and cycling, it's yeah probably more ingrained in most of us. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we tend to approach swimming as the technical uh, yeah. discipline, but each each of them can can be equally as disciplined um, and technical. Um, but yeah, often people will approach swimming with a slightly more uh, technical side of their mind switched on. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, okay. Well, you know where to find the downloads. They're on the Facebook page. Um, you can contact any of the coaches. Yeah. We're here, here to talk swimming, always. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vicky. That was really helpful. Great. Thank you for having me on. Anytime, anytime. We're going to talk about uh, winter swimming um, next. Is that something you're going to be doing, Vicky? Are you going to be staying on through the winter? No. <laughs> no I get claw hand within about like a few minutes. <laughs> I can't, can't swim because I get claw hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely a whole other, it's like a whole other discipline. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. But some of our members might want to do it, so that's why we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I'll look forward to listening to that. <laughs> listening from the comfort of your nice warm house. Centrally heated home. <laughs> right, thank you so much. We'll speak to you soon. Great, thank you very much, Kate. Welcome, um, Sarah Wiseman of Beyond the Water to our Glasgow Triathlon Club podcast. We are so excited to have you. 
Um, Sarah, you like swimming and like talking about swimming as much as I do. <laughs> I do, yes. Hello. I'm excited to be here as well. Yeah, it's great. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, do you know, Sarah and I have actually just been on the phone for about an hour before this chatting about swimming, a, a lot of swimsuit chat. <laughs> we, we spent a long time talking about swimsuits, which I think is a very important subject to cover. Very but... important, yes. <laughs> We're not going to cover it today. Um, Sarah, can you please tell our listeners um, a bit about yourself and your background in swimming um, and maybe a bit about your business as well? Okay, okay, yeah. So, um, I am Sarah. Um, hello. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, background in swimming. So, I um, I, I learned to swim as a child uh, predominantly because my mum couldn't swim. So, my mum is a non-swimmer. Um, she, she has dipped her toes um a little bit um but we haven't quite successfully taught her to swim confidently so yeah i i was taught to swim quite young i did all my badges um but i i never swam competitively funnily enough mm-hmm. i did the typical sort of teenage girl thing um or probably a little bit before that passed all my badges around sort of nine ten years old um and then never really carried on with swimming um not entirely certain why um Mm -hmm. i i was a competitive ice skater so i did i did uh, a little bit of that um yeah mm, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes um and i i just swam recreationally with friends so like if you uh i'm from um seaside town of blackpool and we have a place called the sandcastle so i would go there quite a lot with friends uh, growing up um, a lot of birthday parties were taking place there or we'd go to the local council pools and just swim leisurely I left school um, around uh, sort of 16 um, and didn't quite get the grades that I was expecting to get to go on to the courses so um, you know I had the intention of doing things like music and, and other bits and pieces mm-hmm. um, so sport never really entered my head um and being in Blackpool I kind of did a a, a season in the waxworks and um, which was quite cool. cool um yeah it was pretty cool um and uh, my grandparents were sort of on my on my case as well as my mum like you know you need to think of something to do um came to the end of the season and I'd applied for you know numerous jobs um and went for an interview at the local ledger centre um after forgetting what it was that I'd applied for and got the job um the original job was sort of reception and membership sales yeah which was great can't sell um snow to an eskimo but (laughs) i got the job so for some um, bizarre reason they gave it to me um and uh i'd I'd started the duke of edinburgh thing so i'd gone to the local youth club and we were doing sort of outdoor um sort of climbing and that kind of thing um the initial contract that i had was only for six months so that came to an end and I thought well what am I going to do now because that's me out of work again um, and the week after um, was a lifeguarding course at the same leisure centre so I booked onto it yeah. and passed and lifeguarding um, and 15 odd bit maybe a bit more than that I'm still in the leisure industry um, I've done a variety of different things so I lifeguarded reception fitness instructor aqua aerobics pilates all that kind of thing um, but the thing that seems to have stuck with me was becoming a swimming teacher um, so yeah I started off with that mainly teaching young children sort yeah. of three four year olds um, up to maybe seven or eight 
um, and then it crept in. I did um, a lot of adult swimming, then that, that, that sort of took off a little bit. I then was a coach for um, a local disability swimming club and um, had quite a few swimmers going off to do the Special Olympics and, and those sort of things. Wow. And then I met who is now my husband and we moved away. So we lived in the Alps for a little while and I decided to give the go at being self-employed and making swimming a bit of a different career um which led me on to tutoring and I now so my current business is tutoring um new coaches uh, both in the pool and open water yeah um, with the current lockdown things it's been predominantly um open water that was sort of my uh, adventure this year and from mid-March, uh, not mid-March, mid-August, I yeah. think, till round about now, I've got my last couple of practical assessments, but I've put 26 new open water coaches through their qualifications um, in just in just two months. That's yeah. so, so cool. Wiping a bead of sweat because that's the end of the season <laughs> coming up. <laughs> I can put my feet up for maybe half an hour before I rethink about what's going to happen over over the winter. Yeah, um, I still do a bit of coaching um, as well. So, yeah, amazing. That's so cool. Um, and yeah, and much needed as well at the moment, right? Because so many people have come to open water swimming. I think over over lockdown and during this crisis, and there is, a, I suppose, a bit of a lack of lack of coaches out there. Yeah, so there, there's not very many um, open water tutors in the mm-hmm. country. Um, so with the particular governing body that I um, do my tu- I have my tutor stuff with, um, the SDA, so Safety Training and Water and Teachers Association. Yeah. Um, I there's only I think thirteen, okay. thirteen or so um, open water swimming tutors in the country. Yeah. Um, and I think, if I remember rightly, they they have now qualified since their relaunch of their qualification in 2018 to now. They've probably put somewhere in the region of 500 wow. coaches through. But this year has been a, a particularly big year for the tutors that have been, you know, that have managed to put their courses online and feel comfortable because. You know, before the yeah. pandemic came around, the courses were delivered face to face. It was a three day, uh, three day weekend, and you'd go to, um, you know, a site, and you'd be doing quite a lot of theory work inside a classroom. Then you'd do some planning and activities, and you'd go outside and coach. Um, and obviously, a lot of tutors have had to sit there and think, oh, well, what now? Yeah. Um. So I've joined the online world of tutoring, um, and doing the face to face when we were allowed to. Um, come out of lockdown and do the practical things I've yeah. still been doing that and I have my one of my final ones this Sunday so Great. yes brilliant yes. what I like amazing <laughs> I know I know and um, I, again I can't remember the exact figures but the you know for open water coaching um, within Scotland we, we don't we don't rank very highly and I think that is down to to sort of lack of coaches in Scotland so I'm hoping that I'm going to make a little bit of a dent in that figure and yeah. raise the coaching levels up in Scotland. Brilliant. Oh, that's so nice. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to chat a little bit about um, getting started in winter swimming. So I asked you specifically um, to join us for this podcast because um, I think a lot of our members um, who have been doing a lot more open water swimming this year um, than possibly they ever have done because they've been forced <laughs> to um, would perhaps quite like to swim 
and maybe even if we don't think all the way through winter at least into winter as the temperatures dip now we're probably around about 12 degrees down here um at the moment as we record this and i think you mentioned that you were down to about nine degrees up in aviemore is that right yeah 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 so it's getting cold and people are getting um colder <laughs> um but I think there is definitely an appetite for continuing outside as long as humanly possible. Um, so first of all, I suppose my question is to you, can, can anyone winter swim? Because you see these pictures, you, you know, and actually part of the reason why I asked you is because I've seen your pictures um, on Facebook and Instagram of being out in the snow. People have got their little um, you know, swimming costumes on, no wetsuit. They've maybe got gloves on. They're breaking the ice. Um, it just seems, I think... Um, it seems like quite a difficult thing to do. And uh, so my first question really is, can, can anybody do it? Can we all just swim through winter? Is it possible? So the short and simple answer to that is yes. Anybody, <laughs> anybody can swim through winter, definitely. You know, there's key things to start thinking about if you're going to, you know, progress and carry on your season through winter. Um, but definitely anybody can swim through winter yeah and I I suppose um you know a lot of our a lot of our members are used to training like long hours in the pool and that's just not possible anymore um yeah and so you know keeping keeping outside is great as as long as we can but for some of us the time that we're in the water will diminish um because we get cold ultimately um so I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about um what we need to get started as the temperatures are getting towards 10 degrees and lower um you know do we need a wetsuit most of our members probably are already swimming in wetsuits some of us aren't um like what what kit do we need to to um organize to get started as it gets colder so realistically um you know if you're in wetsuits already um then i i personally would would sort of recommend that you carry on with those wetsuits until you know for as long as you possibly can but there there comes a bit of a line where actually you you you're getting substantially colder getting your wetsuit off Mm -hmm. after so it's quite key really when you when you're in in cooler water temperatures and especially cold water as you as we get through in scotland you know through the winter period you realistically want to be you know getting your warm clothes on as quickly as you can so if you're thinking about you know I guess, you know, if you're a triathlete, you're probably a lot slicker at getting a wetsuit on and off than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that, Sarah. <laughs> it, yeah, but if you think, you know, you know, if you're if you're in, into winter swimming and you're not using uh, any gloves and your hands are particularly cold, they become to the point where we call it sort of like a claw hand where they don't um, really work very well and you lose that dexterity. Mm-hmm. So trying to undo your zipper yourself, um, especially if you're going on your own and even actually trying to undo somebody else's zipper when your hands aren't working properly mm-hmm. and then actually grabbing your wetsuit material you run the risk of, of of ripping your what is you know can be very expensive wetsuits yeah um so they get the does get to a point in in winter you know if you're going to carry on especially in december january february time when the temperatures up here are particularly cold and you are sometimes faced with ice on the edges or ice you know, on your locks and what have you, um, I would actually suggest ditching the wetsuit um, in favour of more warm clothes um, okay. and really having the mindset of not being in there for very long. Um, winter swimming is, 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 is key for um, not setting yourself a distance and not setting yourself a time, but actually really listening to your body and being in tune with how that feels. Yeah. And that takes time and practice to really hone 
how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. And we're gonna I think we're gonna come back to that, I think, um in a minute, because I want to talk about that in more detail. Um yeah. but during like obviously, you know, in a tight in in the time of COVID, um, would you who would you recommend that people go with? Um, because I have, I've had this de- debate with my other half um, in the past about, you know, I'm going with friends, but as you say, when you're all cold, it actually becomes quite difficult to, you know, take each other's sweatsuits off and help each other do that. Um, so is it better that we take somebody with us, like a partner who's not swimming? So it's 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 definitely, um, I think, a personal choice and, and down to your own sort of risk assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm quite keen to... Um, you know begin to you know do your own risk assessment and decide just exactly how you are um it is useful to have somebody that isn't swimming um but i wouldn't have said that it's it's a must um it's definitely getting out at that point um before you start feeling euphoric and that you could swim for hours and hours and hours you know if you get to that point then you do really need to sort of be out of the water um we can talk about that though yeah more depth so yeah it's definitely personal choice i i don't generally take um somebody who isn't swimming with me Mm -hmm. um but i'm I'm quite good at knowing when i need to get out and i Mm. i've you know this is i'm going into my fourth winter season um in scotland um so i I feel that i've got (laughs) i've got enough experience Um, i have also experienced um myself when I've I've maybe pushed the temperature you know pushed the temperature and the time in the water a little bit too long yeah. and I have struggled to get myself dressed and have been aided um so you know that was a little bit of a sort of a, a wake-up call a few years ago was oh hang on a minute yeah that was a bit too long and then making a note of it when I got home okay so that was the temperature that's how long it was and yeah, yeah well, we won't sort of um stay in that long so I think if you're if this is going to be your first winter season yeah, you know, because normally, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, particularly sort of triathlete people, they they will go into the into the pool and they will do most of their technique training through the winter, um, and then they will go out into open water to start acclimatizing for their races and stuff. Yeah. Whereas quite a lot of people are during the time are going to decide, oh, well, can't get as much pool time in the water, um, I might as well acclimatize, um, mm. and stay stay in there. Then maybe it is worth them taking somebody. Yeah. I, yeah it reminds me of um neptune steps and i know some of our um members did neptune steps a year after beast from the east and it was two degrees Ooh, and yes yeah <laughs> i was very cold and um my hands had gone all claw like they were they felt like bricks and um i remember it, it never dawned on me and it's so stupid to think about it now but chris wasn't allowed in the, the female changing room of course why would he be and I yeah. suddenly thought, how on earth am I going to get dressed? And actually, one of my clients had to strip me naked whilst I cried because my hands hurt so much from Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> and I just felt like, and she was like, obviously laughing her head off. She thought it was hysterical. But um, you just some, sometimes you don't think about things like that. Like, there was no way that day I could have got dressed by myself. Absolutely not. And yeah, I, these, these things have to be considered well, don't they, in advance before it's too late yeah definitely like you know always plan ahead um you know people might be a little bit of uh you know what what do you mean plan ahead you know think about where it is that you're going think about what the air temperature is doing you know that that plays a huge part you know the the water can sometimes feel 
a lot warmer even when it's got a bit of ice on the on the edge you know it can feel a lot warmer than what the air is actually doing and you get a bit of wind chill you know that can make that can really strip the body heat off and make you feel a lot colder so yeah planning planning where you're going yeah who you're going with and what kit you're going to use afterwards I think is quite key yeah any swims I think that that that's kind of applies all year round never never mind just in the winter but i think it's more um highlighted is that the word i'm looking for highlighted or yeah yeah i know what you um, mean yeah it's exacerbated you know through the um yeah through the winter period about how just how important it is you know if it's going to be windy um mm-hmm. and and you're not too too comfortable that you're going to be quick enough getting getting changed yeah. i would maybe leave it for another day yeah um you know, it's all about you knowing yourself. Um, I, I'm a huge faffer at, at getting dressed. <laughs> yes. And I also I also don't, haven't mastered doing two things at once, i.e. get dressed and talk to people um, at the same time. So, um, yeah, I, I always have to remember that don't talk to people when you get dressed, just get dressed and um, <laughs> yeah. then you can talk and do it quickly as well. Um that's so, really interesting, yeah. the point you made about the kit, actually, because I wanted to really um, dive a bit deeper into what kit people should bring with them. But, of course, actually, if what you're really saying is the kit, people get caught up in what they're wearing, but really it's more about what you wear after and what other yes. kit you've got with you yes. rather than what you wear in the water. Is that yeah definitely yeah yeah totally so you know you if you want to wear your wetsuit absolutely fine you know if if there's sort of ice on the edge I would be highly considering thinking about it maybe being a bit more of a dipping for for two reasons that you know if you've got ice on the edge that's, that's a clear signal that the air temperature and the water temperature is pretty cold. You're probably sort of, you know, below five degrees. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be quite chilly. If you've got ice on the on the sort of edges of the water and you're wearing, you know, you sort of a, a four or five hundred pound wetsuit, it's going to get ripped. Yeah. So yeah. do, do you want to, do you want to, unless you, unless you've got lots and lots of money and you want to buy lots and lots of wetsuits, um, yeah. you know, do you want your, your pride and joy, um, as I can imagine, you know, wetsuits of that sort of value. And even if your, um, your wetsuit is, is an entry level, you know, sort of the hundred pound mark, it's still, it's a lot of money to spend yeah. for it to get maybe snagged or, or ripped. And then if you've got your claw hands and you've got to get somebody, somebody's trying to help you get off it and they put their fingernails through it because they can't feel their own hands either. Yeah. Um, so there's quite a, quite a lot of things to think about, you know, and, and maybe just sort of think, um, treat it as more of a dip. And, um, and the other thing that I say to a lot of people who are, um, it's predominantly to, to your wetsuit wearers that I say this to, um, yeah more than more than anybody else but if they're sort of competing and, and training for an event just think how um further in, in front of the of your other competitors you will be come <laughs> april or may because you will be so much more acclimatized if you go through the winter yeah. just dipping for five minutes a couple of times a week yeah. when you get to sort of you know march april when we start going back up the scale of mm-hmm. the temperatures um you quickly find that you are able to stay in you know say it's your first winter and you've spent the whole winter two or three times a week doing sort of five ten minute give or take swims yeah. when it gets to sort of march april and we're going to five six seven degrees you quickly find yourself that you're able to stand, stay in for 20 25 30 minutes and then before you know it you're up to your usual maybe hour hour and a half swims depending on what it is that 
that you would normally do. And that happens a lot earlier in the season if you carry on. And that's a huge benefit, I think. Yeah. So, you know, hanging your wetsuit up now and then having, you know, four, five, six months off um, in the winter and yeah. spending it in, in that hot bathtub called a swimming pool that's like 25, <laughs> 26, 27 degrees. Yeah. And you come out of the out of the um, at the starting gates in, in in March so much more in front of other people who haven't swam through winter. Yeah. Um, and I I always think you know if you want to be competitive, yeah, that's that's, that's your edge there, right there, is uh, coming out I, the I season earlier right. on. Yeah. yeah, and even even just being able to get on the bike when you're cold, like you know, yeah. we've, most of most of the people. Um, uh, you know, most of our members at Glasgow Tri-Cabal have done races where it's been 12 degrees in the water or 13 degrees. It's been really cold. Um, yeah. And when you get out and try and get on the bike when your thighs are freezing, especially for like the longer distances, um, yeah, it, it does help to already be acclimatised to that kind of weather so that you're not absolutely freezing and you're not fast exactly. getting layers on. And, you know, and, and, you know, for you like your long distance events and especially the ones that take place in Scotland, yeah. some of them can be as early early as, as as june and, and we're still fairly chilly not just water temperature but we're still fairly chilly air temperature um in june it's it's not very often that we we have baking hot days no. um so yeah being being fully acclimatized i think it gives you um you know a bit of a competitive edge and and the, the five minutes a couple of times a week makes a huge difference um it might not seem like it does and it might seem you know winter swimming is is an all-day affair because you you know you, you spend the time prepping your hot water bottles, your hot chocolate and your sweets and your cake or whatever you want to take with you. Mm-hmm. You put all these layers on, you leave the house looking like Michelin man. You get into the water <laughs> for five <Yeah>. whole minutes. <laughs> you spend the other next couple of hours defrosting yourself and warming yourself back up to room temperature. But it does give you such a huge competitive edge if that's, you know, if that's the kind of thing that you're into come March, April, May time. And you can still do brook type sessions if you wanted yeah. to, even with those short you know, those short periods of time in water, you could go in. And for me, um, in terms of like brick sessions, for those during the winter, my my thing would be to um, not actually raise your heart rate straight away. I would give it, you know, you go in for sort of five, 10 minutes, whatever sort of swim time you've you've got yourself up to. come out get yourself a nice hot drink and get over the shivers because you will get shivers and you'll probably get shivers like you've never had before in your life yeah um and wonder if this is normal yes it is um get over those and then you could go on your bike and you're out in the elements again and you know you're keeping yourself and still um in in a kind of brick type of training session you're Uh just not necessarily going straight from the water to your bike or straight from the water to your run you're doing you know there's a yeah. little bit of time that's the only thing i would maybe suggest is make sure you get over those initial sort of shivers that yeah. you get out and then go um because the last thing that you want to do is get on your bike and be shivering and that's end up it. falling off sideways yeah into the road yeah um, that wouldn't be very <laughs> good for anybody yeah no totally <laughs> we have that um i think a lot of people will agree where, where we live in glasgow so we're in eastern Bartonshire, and mm-hmm. a lot of our members swim at abies um in mugdock country park which is lovely but mm-hmm. when you cycle there the it's a huge hill up and a huge hill back down so if yep. you're cycling it's just absolutely freezing even in summer 
And yeah. yeah, I definitely think that's something to be aware of. Like if you if you are doing that, if you are cycling to ABs, uh, especially over winter, then make sure you go to the cafe. Uh, yeah. And warm up, get hot chocolate, like walk around a bit as well, right? Like that yeah. helps. Yeah. So yeah, and you're also supporting a local business in in a time yeah. where we need to be support, supporting local businesses as well as training. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Um, one of my friends is a she's just an incredible swimmer she swam the length of Loch Lomond a few years ago and wow she swims all through winter and she quite often where she lives will swim the length of the loch that she lives at and then she'll walk back up to the car so she's got a good like 20 minutes in her wetsuit and a dry robe um walking uh, which I, I actually do think really helps and she seems to think that's really helped her um yeah and you know warming up is is a ritual that you you sort of pick your own things you know some yeah. people i wouldn't recommend coming out of the water and going for um a run um sort of raising the heart rate a bit too quickly can yeah. can be, have the adverse effect um yeah. you definitely want to try and warm yourself up um as sort of equitable to how how long you took to cool down you kind of want to warm yourself up to an equitable sort of time so you know if you for example you were in you know you, you got yourself changed and you spent a couple of minutes ch- yapping on the side which is something I tend to do then yeah. you get in and you spend maybe 10 minutes in the water so altogether that's sort of 15 minutes that you've been sort of exposed to the elements you kind of want to take at least you know 15 minutes to half an hour when you get out and you're fully dressed to make sure that you are back to where you started yeah. and for some people you know it can take you know a bit longer than that some people you know you, the habituation and the um the build-up and the the summer effects will will carry on um so yeah. they might not take as long um but it all yeah it all depends really it's, it's it's quite an individual thing yeah but most people have shivers yeah that and that's, I think that's <laughs> a really good point because i think and especially when you're with somebody who doesn't swim or who doesn't swim and get cold it can be quite um could be quite scary to see somebody sh- shivering like that and getting mm. yeah getting that after drop um but it is normal isn't it yeah yeah totally you know the the shivering is the body's way of sort of trying to warm yourself warm itself up that's that's sort of the the natural onset so it's 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 perfectly normal um you know obviously if you're getting out out of the water and somebody is isn't getting any warmer you know you need to kind of think of other ways of dealing with that and you know potentially um, calling calling for some help mm. um but yeah no shivering is definitely normal and you tend to get those um bizarre you have bizarre chats through through winter swimming i think you have a completely different connection with whoever you're swimming yeah with through winter than you do through summer it some suddenly becomes more normal to talk about um the bizarrest of things um <laughs> like that you go braless yeah um it tends to be you know for the women and women in the room like you know yeah. they, they oh I, I don't bother with a bra no. um it's impossible <laughs> to put it on when yeah you know so yeah it's you have these sort of more um yeah interesting conversations and definitely get to know people on a much different level than you do just when you're summer open water swimming <laughs> um I think that's right though like the some of my greatest friends I've met are swimming and I, th- I do think especially through winter you do just get a different bond of people don't you and it's just yes. also I think I think this is really what has inspired so many people to take up uh, open water swimming this year is that you just meet a whole load of different people don't you 
Yeah, and for, for, for the most part, especially for us in Scotland, we're quite lucky with the access access code that we yeah. have. Um, you know, for, for the most part, it's free. Yeah. Um, it's accessible. Um, you know, with it being free and accessible, there's a whole other sort of safety element that com- comes in tow with that that we need to be aware of. But, you know, for those that kind of, you know, have an idea of what we're doing and, and, and sort of are quite happy to listen to podcasts, read books um, and, uh, inc- you know, enlist a coach. Um, yeah. There's plenty of coaches around Scotland um, that I can put you in touch with. Yeah. If... <laughs> and most, you know, most of our coaches as well can coach open yeah. water. So in tri- yeah. triathlon coaches, if you're a level two or above, you can co- coach open water. Yes, yeah, yeah, tri- yeah, triathlon coaches, they they have the, the, the bolt on, don't they, for their open water. So absolutely, yeah. you know, inquire about your coaching if you want it, if they want to. Yeah. Um, think about other ways of, of running sessions and things like that you know there's 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 a lot of scope and there's a lot of people there out to support you as well yeah. um yeah amazing um i before we talk about some of the sort of prep uh to do or uh if you want to, if you want to open more <laughs> swim after the next discussion uh i want to i just want to talk about some of the risks so we we've kind of touched on them a little bit already um but i do think it's really important if you are going to swim when it starts to get colder that um we we just talk about some of the risks to be aware of um and how to, how to spot them um and yeah what what we should be thinking about so uh, you've mentioned hypothermia already uh mm-hmm. what what are the signs that we need to be looking out for so hypothermia can um come on quite quickly uh mm-hmm. during during sw- uh, swimming yeah <laughs> so medically hypothermia is um is when the core body temperature drops below 35 degrees um and you know i quite, I quite especially when i'm tutoring this to to new coaches you know how 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 how, do you, how would you know that somebody's core temperature um has dropped below 35 degrees yeah. you know you know are you going to start sticking thermometers inside them because that's realistically <laughs> the only way you're going to know the answer to that is like you've just said no I, I am not going to do that and i certainly would suggest that you do that you know <laughs> winter swimming um, you are permitted to talk about some crazy things and you know what what happens in winter swimming stays in winter swimming but i don't think checking for hypothermia in that way is acceptable so what can you you know what can you um do to spot the sort of signs of hypothermia so listening to people and this is why i think it's quite good if you're going with other people is to have that chat beforehand because you get to sort of listen to how their their normal um tone of voices their usual sort of chat and how they come across um because obviously when their normal body temperature and sort of listen to that the only great tip I like to give people is to sort of have a chat about what you've done that morning or what you've done before you've arrived for your swim. Um, and the reason that I say that is, you know, the countless times I've been on first aid courses and they talk about hypothermia and they're like, ask them what their mother's maiden name is. I'm like, I don't really know what my own maiden name is sometimes. I don't know what my mother's maiden name is going to be. And then ask them what their date of birth is. I don't even know what the date today is, never mind my date of birth. And if I've got, if I'm suffering with hypothermia, I'm even less likely to know um so i tend to sort of you know suggest you know having those conversations with people when you when you arrive like oh you know what have you been doing today um like oh oh what you know where have you been or where are you going after um I, I have that conversation with them take it take on board you know sort of how they're speaking to you um that their, their general way and, and mannerisms get them in into the water and um you know keep an eye on each other how, how they're speaking um so slurred speech is quite a common um yeah you know sort of a sort of sign and symptom of 
people starting to get a bit chilly yeah um you know sort of the the the, the lips starting to the lower lip especially starting to sort of quiver and shake a little bit you know the, the shivers sort of start yeah. um you know things are like that to um to take take on board and i think you know if you're going into the realms of uh, socially winter swimming having those conversations you know if they start to deteriorate or get a bit confused mm-hmm. you know we, we sort of want to to go out but you know before all of that um sort of sort of before the the you get to a point where um you feel a bit euphoric and you start to feel warm yeah. um and they're like, oh, I could stay in for ages. You know, if, if you're with a swimmer and they're like, oh, this is amazing. I feel roasting. Yeah. And you're sort of looking down at your watch and you've been in, you know, maybe 10 minutes and it's sort of three or four degrees. Yeah. I would maybe be thinking that they need to get out pretty yeah. quickly um, yeah. and, and get themselves dressed. And um, by that point, they are probably in the deep stages of okay. uh a hypothermic state and they will um definitely be shivering when they get out and um, so yeah if anybody decides that they're, they're roasting hot and they could stay in for hours then they definitely need to be getting out yeah um and if they're warning an ambulance i suppose that by that point if they're if they're really at that point we need to kind of get medics involved don't we um well this is this is where this is where it it, it really pays to know who that you swim with okay. so coming from a coaching perspective mm-hmm. if somebody said that they were roasting hot my immediate thing would be to get them out get their wet stuff off as soon as possible and yeah. get them dressed because okay. sometimes even if they've got to that um sort of euphoric stage and they feel um that they're roasting and, and they're sometimes just getting them out getting them dry and getting some clothes on brings yeah. them straight back up the scale okay they're okay yeah. um so if they start deteriorating so you've you've they've said that they're really hot you get them out and they're still deteriorating they're deep shivering they're not getting any warm and you have wrapped them up there they are dressed to go to everest yeah they have got every layer of down in in the shops that you can buy that and that you know if, if you've got them really quite warm and you're sheltered and they're not getting any better then definitely mm-hmm. phone an ambulance absolutely yeah um because it, it is quite um, sort of instantaneous. As soon as you remove somebody from the water and you put something warm, you you know dry them off and you put something warm on, the, the sort of difference is is, is phenomenal. They yeah. they sort of come back up, and if they don't, then definitely phone an ambulance without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and yeah. what what should we be looking out for in ourselves? But I I think most of us, I'm certainly myself and friends that I have that have swum through winter. I've definitely got to the point where we've been in too long. Um, yeah so yeah how do, how do we know we've been too long other than just constantly checking our watch so um again I, I actually um personally I've sort of said you know looking at your watch um if I'm going for personal swims um I actually don't wear a watch okay um because I sometimes feel that it, it makes you um rely on the time and your ego then can take over and you think well I did yeah. 10 minutes yesterday I should be able to do 10 minutes today and actually sometimes that's not the case especially for us females we have all sorts of hormones um, yeah. running around our bodies um, and depending on the age of you as a female um what stage of life so if you're sort of a young young girl and you're just starting mm-hmm. um, your your puberty journey yeah. um or you're sort of a, a, an older older lady and you're you're starting your menopausal journey um then you you know our our bodies can play absolute havoc and you know what the the ladies that i swim with regularly you can sort of get a little bit of a feel for it and you know and you kind of like you're sort of somewhere in your cycle somewhere um 
you know we tend to have uh, sort of swims and things so that's um, right because estrogen affects your body temperature doesn't it or it's involved yes. in body temperature regulation so yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it can play a huge part on on women. So again, these are the kind of conversations that tend to come out in winter swimming, um, yeah. especially amongst the girls. Yeah. Um, and I actually think it's quite good to include male swimmers in that. You know, if you've got males in there, include yeah. them because it might be that you're out with you're the only female and you're out with males and it's good for them to know it's good for them to recognize yeah. those signs and and it not be a taboo subject or embarrassing yeah. to say are you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we need to get you out and and sorted and, and yeah. help and it you know it's all, all raising sort of safety awareness and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think for yourself, um, recognise it in yourself. You know your hands tend to go, um, and your arms start to feel a little bit heavy before you get to that warm stage. Okay. So before you get to that sort of warm euphoric stage, you sort of um, what we get where um, you know, it feels like you're swimming maybe through treacle or you know really th- something like really thick liquid, yeah. um, and it actually becomes quite hard to get your arms over the top of the water. So if you're looking around and you see um, you know somebody when they got in and they they decided to do front crawl and their swim was their, their straight was absolutely beautiful and they were really clear in the water with their you know arm recovery and then you sort of look at them in the next instance and they're struggling to actually get their arm out of the water then that is another sign that they need to get out and need to get dressed okay um yeah you kind of arms feel um sort of heavy and numb and um, it's like a numb sensation um and then the the fingers have gone into that sort of claw yeah <laughs> design uh-huh. so trying to get yourself undressed and dressed well. is, yes it's 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 and it's also quite painful as well oh, upon yeah. rewarming isn't it you know yeah a little bit of the, the hot aches type of thing comes in doesn't it yeah absolutely and then and so let's pretend that we've uh we've been in the water for 10 minutes and we've had a lovely swim and we're okay and we get out uh, it's very tempting to go and have a nice hot shower isn't it or a bath warm ourselves yeah. up yeah not such a good no. idea <laughs> No. Um, so the you want to be going to um, going into your hot showers and stuff when you feel back at your normal temperature before you went in. So when you left the house and your skin is sort of like room temperature to touch or warm to touch, depending on what's normal for you. When you've come back to that and your fingers don't feel um, cold um, and your toes don't feel cold, then it's it's time to go yeah. back in and okay. get you can then have your get a shower have your bath because it can be be quite dangerous can't it to quickly go into hot water after you've yes yeah after you've got cold um okay so what we're saying is get out get as many clothes on as you possibly can i wrap my um i wrap my towels up in a hot water bottle so they're all nice and warm oh definitely yeah I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, the other, the other, um, and this is something I, I I haven't done, but I have had suggested um, is to have um, so you know those like those truck um, boxes, those that, those little like back, buckets you can get from yeah. hardware stores. Yeah. Um, have a little bit of um, warm water in there, and I mean like lukewarm water, uh-huh. and um, stand in those. That's quite nice as well, yeah, and it just helps you um, 
get yourself because uh, you lose your balance as well when your feet go cold and numb yeah. um so trying to stand um that is also quite helpful i uh, what i was doing or i do is i um take like a nalgene um bottle like a liter one yeah um only because i'm really really horrendous at aiming and i end up with the whole water everywhere it's why i take <laughs> a liter bottle <laughs> Um, I fill that with um, sort of quite warm water before I leave and by the time I get out it's then lukewarm Okay. and I use that just to pull that over my feet so that they work a little bit they work for long enough to get your, get your socks on and, and get your toes wriggly enough so they're not in a claw shape either to get your trousers on and get your socks and shoes and things yeah. and feel more comfortable so I quite like that well that's a good tip I'm definitely going to try that next time yeah and then also standing on your hot water bottle, so not just oh, yeah. like wrapping your clothes up. I, I sometimes take two hot water bottles, one to have my um, clothes wrapped up and one to actually just stand on. Good I idea. have my, my feet on just sort of um, resting on the edge and that sort of helps them warm up a little bit. Oh, that's a great idea. I've yeah. noticed as well that I, when I've got my flask and I've got my little cup that I put my coffee in and I try and drink it and my hands are shaking and it just mm. goes everywhere, and I don't, you get these little things, isn't it? When you, you've you been doing something for so long that you don't even question it. And this week I thought, why don't I just buy like a heated travel cup? You know, like a travel cup that's insulated that keeps my coffee warm. Why don't I just do that? Well, yeah, there is that. So, you know, there there are um, thermoses and flasks. Yeah. You can also get the ones, um, I believe, um, that, um, so I invested in one where um, it's just got a little, um, a little hole in it so you so when you take the lid off like the whole thing uh-huh. doesn't come off it's oh. just you flip it open it's just got a little bit that wriggles out i quite like that yeah that's much better uh, what i have been doing has not been working it just my handshake and my cup just goes everywhere and i just throw it all over myself exactly you end up wearing your drink yeah exactly that doesn't look good you? when you go to tesco's afterwards no. does it you know? <laughs> and you're dried up covered in coffee yeah yeah people then think that you've been let out of another home instead of (laughs) (laughs) oh dear right so we've covered we've covered hypothermia is there any other risks or anything else we need to be aware of i mean obviously at the moment with covid that's almost a whole other podcast in terms of i know you you know but i think i think most people who'll be listening to this podcast will have will have been swimming outside over winter and will sorry over summer um and will have a, a good idea of who they can go with that you know, part of their bubble or, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely COVID is, is no, 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 your own local, <laughs> yeah, your own local restrictions and what you are and aren't allowed to do. Um, and definitely, I, I think that the, the biggest thing is, is go with somebody else. Yeah. I know there are, there are a lot of people out there that, that sort of go by themselves and that's fine. Um, me, I, I, I like to go with other people, even if it's just one other person, it's just nice to go with somebody else and enjoy the time in the water with somebody else. Yeah. And then you always know that, you know, if anything does happen, that you've got somebody else to go with. Yeah. Um, I think like the risks really, um, so you've got your cold water shock, which, um, can happen actually, um, you know, cold water is defined at, yeah, well, cold water is defined at um, anything below 15 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> That's Scotland year round. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure there's any many days that we get anything no. above that. So, you know, to, to put that into perspective, you know, we, we, we swim um, all year round in, in what is defined as cold water. Yeah. Um, so that, that cold water shock, you know, sort of being submersed in water um, unexpected um, or even 
you get it sometimes going in even if you plan to go in the water and it's just that that initial gasp and you can habituate against that and you can put sort of little bits and pieces and um, the biggest one for me is to enter the water slowly yeah. and you know avoid sort of jumping and diving into the water and um, get yourself in splash your neck um you know wipe the water you know if you're wearing a wetsuit flush it out you know your wetsuit's like a radiator that's how it works it likes to have a bit of water in between there that's what keeps you warm yeah Absolutely. If you're going in skins, you know, get the, get some cold water, wipe it down your arms, the back of your neck and, and what have you, and then sort of submerge yourself nice and slowly and make sure you're breathing in and out nice and concentrate on, on your breath, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Going in. That makes sense. So, yeah, there's, uh, def- there's that um winter i mean there's probably i'll probably put this call yeah we'll end this podcast and i'll be like oh there's so many other dangers and risks that i could have mentioned that i have like right now just forgotten um <laughs> but i think you know there's it's every time you step out the house there's an inherent risk isn't there there's, there's just a lot of exactly things. yeah yeah so, so you've just totally. got to, to do do your um dynamic risk assessments wherever you go anyway and uh, make sure exactly. that you have some sort of plan of, of action and know how long you plan to stay in for be I guess be aware of the fact that you might need to change that plan right as well yeah exactly yeah you know if you get somewhere and you you I think the big thing for me is you, know, you get somewhere trust your gut if it yeah. doesn't feel right don't go yeah there's, there's a reason your gut is is going hmm. yeah usually and yeah, well, no, you're right. And I, I, I do think um, with triathletes, we can't, and, uh, you know, no offence, triathlon club members, I say this with the greatest respect, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a tendency when we have a training plan in mind, we're really good at scheduling, we've got, we know what we're doing, we want to go and we want to get our swim done. And if that is 15 minutes outside, then that is what we want to do because we've set our goal and we want to go and achieve it. And it can be quite difficult to convince ourselves otherwise. <laughs> yeah, so there's a, it's for, for you guys, as, um, especially as triathletes, it's definitely about your mindset and accepting that you aren't going for time or distance. Yeah. You are going to, um, you're, you're going to keep your acclimatisation and keep that competitive edge for when March, April, May comes round and you're going back in for your longer swims as the, we start going back up the scale. So... You know, yeah. for, to, if you, you know if you want to put that sort of mindset that or that sort of competitive edge keep in the back of your mind that this isn't about getting mileage in that's what the pool over the winter if you're fortunate enough to have the pool open at the moment yeah. but that the the mileage is is for winter in the pool and not yeah. outside right. yeah. um and and that sometimes for some people i think can be quite hard to flip that switch to this is not competitive yeah this yeah. is not a mileage thing this is not for distance this yeah. is basically to keep my body ticking over um for acclimatization and cold water and come sort of march april may yeah we're in a better the, position yeah exactly yeah. you know as soon as soon as the water starts hitting six seven eight nine ten degrees yeah um, when it's come up from you know below five over the winter mm-hmm. and you get to those sort of those upper end of single fig- figures Jesus, so and it gets, <laughs> I know, and it gets to 10, and it's like, oh my God, I can do half an hour. Yeah. You know, whereas 10 degrees, you'd still be thinking, oh, yeah. might wait a little bit longer before you go out, whereas you're just like, yeah, just carry on. Yep, yeah, exactly. Get that um, wetsuit back on, let's start getting some, getting some... Yeah, getting some speed working, getting some distance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally, um, totally. And that does that does remind me though, and I think I've discussed this with people over the summer. Um, is just to be aware of how much slower you'll be when it's colder as well, right? Yeah. Do you do, do yeah. just slow down? Yeah. 
yeah, definitely. Like you guys will all just swim at my, you know, <laughs> you will slow down to what is my sprint speed because <laughs> I am not a fast swimmer um, and I will become even more um, more the toy toys um, than the hair when it comes to winter swimming and I don't really go very far um, but yeah no it's definitely you do just become the water feels a lot thicker um, a lot heavier to swim through even you know just getting in initially it just feels that little bit heavy a little bit thicker and does become a little bit harder to go through so and that's also something um sort of reverting back to your sort of risks and when you're doing your dynamic risk assessments you know always sort of try and plan to stay near the shore where you can stand up or or at least get back to standing distance uh, standing depth um quickly yeah so yeah try try not to sort of aim to go out into the body of water through winter definitely try and do that yeah along the shore if you can um again so you can get out and get back to your clothes yeah no absolutely that makes total sense um and yeah and and, you know i think a lot of people will do that anyway just naturally just sort of stick to shore when when we're you believe that people don't (laughs) no So yeah. why we need to say it. I know. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> I still think it's acceptable to do like, to say, oh yeah, I'm going to go and swim the length of the log. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. Um, okay, so let's say, let's say that we've convinced everybody listening to this that swimming through winter is a great idea, which by the way, it really is. It um, is. <laughs> What prep, like what other preparation do we need to do? Is there anything else we can do just to harden ourselves up a bit? Uh, Ross actually, in his recent book about swimming around Britain, calls it wintering, getting wintered. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't actually read the book. Um, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm not too, I'm not too sure um, what what is meant by that. You might have to educate me on what what, what he suggests wintering is. <laughs> Um, I hear I hear people talk about um, or, or you know get asked quite a lot. Um, so uh, like, how many cold showers do you recommend? And mm-hmm. and what about like um, like do you think I should take some cold baths? I'm like hell no. Yeah. <laughs> showers and baths are meant to be hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I hate having a cold shower and a cold bath. It's yeah. Horrible. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm. I, I know that it works for some people, and people might um, benefit of of having a really nice hot shower and then for the last minute or so turning it right down. But no, I'm. That's not for me. Um, <laughs> I like my baths and showers roasting hot. I yeah. come out looking like a lobster for the other reason because I'm probably got third degree burns um, <laughs> from taking a shower. So yeah. Um, you know people do that there's all sorts of different methods and things out there um you know obviously we've, we've now coined a term wintering um, which i <laughs> you've just enlightened me about um i'm gonna have to go and read up about it about this thing and um, there are sort of uh, there's like the wim hof type methods yeah. and things um again um I, I i haven't really read up on the wim hof thing um other than the fact that they 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 you know do, do the yes, cold showers do. and cold, cold bath type things and i did see a lot of people purchasing wheelie bins through lockdown which again my wheelie bin is definitely for my rubbish oh, and not for me swimming in for sure. um yeah uh, there's no no chance that i would even contemplate uh, filling a wheelie bin up clean or not no. um and getting inside it um but you know if that if that's kind of the thing that you think might work for 
then you know by all means crack on i think it's uh, it's helpful if if it, if you think it helps you then 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 by all means in it it's just being being quite safe yeah um making sure that you are prepared to be cold in the shower and then get out and make sure that you are um <laughs> you are familiar with your ha- own house which i would like to think that you would be familiar <laughs> you haven't gone to your next door neighbors to have a cold shower in there <laughs> or worse um, you've got too cold and you've had to go to your next door neighbors to help them yeah exactly that's that's like yeah you know there's all sorts of things you know safety in the household i think that's that's other also potentially in the realms of another podcast yeah not necessarily for this evening <laughs> that could be you know um watch watchdog or whatever it is what, yeah what's the one yeah <laughs> <laughs> crime watch, crime watch. yeah crime watch i get i'll get it out there <laughs> my neighbor came round in her swimming costume freezing cold <laughs> yeah or, or my neighbor came around naked you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> not a good thing to do. yeah no we'll we'll stop that conversation yeah. uh, probably before we get too carried away um so yeah i i i personally don't do it again i think it's a very personal thing um to choose to do um you know it might work for you and for others it doesn't it it doesn't work for me yeah fair enough you know that makes sense yeah 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 i've i've never done it i have swam through winter not every winter i must say because i I get bored of the bath quite quickly um yeah but it's never been something that i've enjoyed doing or wanted to do um and i haven't found it necessary um but you know i can also see the benefits of it as well right and yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do go through go through phases where I don't make necessarily have um, the, the the shower on scalding. I have it on like pre scalding yeah. um, temperature. You know, I might lower it ever so slightly. Um, but no, I, yeah, cold showers aren't for me. Cold baths aren't for me. Um, you know, I, I'll take a, a hot, a, you know, a hot or a warm shower. Uh, you know, once my body temperature's warmed back up, yeah. you know, ready for it, and and I I like them for that. Um, in preparation. Um, in in that sort of scale yeah i think that's kind of it really um all the preparation is eating cake you know <laughs> that does help get a little bit of lard on you but you know if you're if you're a triathlete that's probably something you want to avoid <laughs> i know that's difficult and that is a conversation that i must say i've had a lot with a lot of different people about um about the ability to stay longer if you have a bit of extra body fat and Whilst I think it helps, I think there's also plenty of people who do swim through winter who do not really have any excess body fat, and they manage, don't they? It's just about consistency, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I've got a friend of mine who um, quite often describes herself as a, as a stick insect. You know, she's she's very very slight, um, and she swims skins all year round. Um, she uses the neoprene gloves and hats, yeah. um, and and socks and what have you um, most of the time. And um, yeah, she, you know she's great. You know, don't get me wrong; she's she's pushed it a couple of times, um, and and we've sort of aided her in in getting dressed and and what have you. But on the whole, um, she deals with it quite well. She's quite um, we've been doing it a few years now, so she's quite uh, aware of her own limits now. So she's yeah. definitely you know been, been pushed those boundaries a little bit and, and discovered where that line line is. Um, you know, she's. Uh, yeah, I, I think all all shapes and body sizes and what have you can all go go out and 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 enjoy the water for for what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, and I suppose that's that's the kind of the beauty of swimming, isn't it? Overall, like that's such a selling point that anyone can get out and do yeah. it. And yeah, yeah, you, you don't need to you don't need to be an amazing swimmer. You don't need to have been taught front crawl. You don't need to nope. be a certain size or a certain you know have a certain ability. 
any anyone can get in a swim or can, can get in and paddle about or whatever it is they want to get out of it it's you know it's open for all isn't it yeah exactly and Enjoy. you know any, anybody can get started and you can pretty much start with with you know any kit you know I won't I won't sort of fill you into that swimming is a cheap sport because if you get into it it's a very expensive yeah. sport when you consider that you end up purchasing things like you know the the, the toweling robes and dry robes oh, and then the, the swimming suits and and, and the, the gloves the goggles the hats the mm-hmm. earplugs the nose plugs the all these kind of other things and that you need to consider then the extra water uh, hot water bottles and then yeah. water bottles and trugs and bags and there's a whole host of things that you need yeah you, you you don't need but there's a whole host of things that you can purchase yeah um you know <laughs> if you decide that you like it yeah. but to get started you can start with very minimal things yeah yeah absolutely yeah. um and I suppose I suppose that is one thing to say though is that maybe if you are not a confident swimmer, then winter is not the time to, to get started. I mean, define confident. You know, I mean, a lot of us would say we're not very confident, but we can actually swim. But if you if you have never really swum before, then maybe winter is not the time to start. Yeah, um, yeah. I I uh, I don't really sway one one way or another, and I probably should as a coach, sort of, you know. There, there is a better time to start winter swimming there is a better time to start open water swimming yeah. and that is sort of the springtime in the summer time so you can sort of go down the temperature um and then go up the temperature um but you know if you're going with um if you're going to go and do maybe you know go with a coach or somebody who's quite experienced and they're quite happy to take you under their wing there isn't any particular reason that you can't start yeah. now but if you are going to start now you definitely definitely want to start off very slow yeah very you know you, you're talking minutes yeah. like maybe two three minutes in the water to get yourself started yeah. um and really making sure that you're wearing a lot of things and and i would probably think that a coach would be um a good idea yeah yeah or so, yeah someone who's very experienced and can keep an eye on you and yeah you yeah get in get out right yeah exactly you know get in get out and enjoy and enjoy it rather than you know watching everybody else and that is definitely don't let your ego take over mm-hmm. um which you then tend to see you know ego ego exceeds your ability um and it happens you know you get you get carried away with peer pressure you know mm-hmm. um you, your pals are in there and they're in for oh i'm in there for 10 minutes oh i'm half an hour and you know it's quite easy to think that it's okay to stay in that long and it, it it's it's not it's, it's okay to get out if you need to get out before everybody else yeah it's okay to be the first person out and it's okay yeah. to practice isn't it and it's you know absolutely yeah i've definitely made that i you know i'm sure you have as well made, made the mistake i've made it numerous times where i've stayed in too long and i haven't felt like at the time i stayed in too long um and then it's you know it's too late by that point by the time i get out and, yeah, um, it's it's the after time that you recognise it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, but I do think you know, with, with failure comes learning. <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly learned from those mistakes. But it does really take your, to you know, you've really got to shut down your ego, don't you? And just say, yeah, no, absolutely, shut up, Kate. Just get out now. You don't need to stay in any longer. You're not. You don't have to prove it to anybody. And I think that's really important to remember. Yeah, definitely. It's it's not um, winter swimming for sure. Is definitely not competitive. Mm. Um, it's it's definitely the only person that you need to be aware of is yourself yeah and make sure that you look after yourself and you get out um 
and actually that that's probably one thing we we haven't talked about on this interview is how bloody wonderful it can be it's, it's amazing right absolutely yeah definitely there's nothing there's nothing better than um being for a cold swim and shivering trying to eat a piece of cake (laughs) (laughs) can't think of anything that comes anywhere close to that really um can you there's a lot of people listening to this going these guys are mad (laughs) this is not for us but i really yeah i genuinely do think it is for anybody and yeah, it's, it it can be so so lovely, and really, um, you meet such amazing people. That's that obviously right now with COVID. Okay, maybe not. Maybe we're not <laughs> meeting people, um, but there's a whole online community, and that's actually how you know I know of you, and I know who you are is because of Facebook and Instagram, and you know we all we all follow other swimmers and we see what they're doing, and we have whole other chats without ever actually having any chats. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Have a whole lot of have have a whole lot of conversations that that are absolute complete and utter rubbish, <laughs> and you go home and you think, what, what, what were we talking about? What, 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 why did why did they need to know that I have a puffing mug in my cabinet? Why 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 why? I'm not sure. That's the choice of open water swimming. Uh, yeah. I, I genuinely do think that a lot more people will be keen on swimming as at least as long as they possibly can this year i think this will this this situation as awful as it is have will have given people the opportunity to swim more outdoors get more acclimatized to, to being outdoors yeah, and to be able for to sure. swim a bit longer yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, my, my key thing as well so we you know we've sort of discussed a very i'm quite surprised at this we've, we've only talked very briefly about you know toweling robes and robes and stuff you know yeah. one thing i would like to stress to people is you do not need to go and buy a big dry robe straight away or any other brand of of, of robe yeah. um you know that they, they they come later you know yeah. when you know, if you think you think you know you're getting into it then then by all means um purchase one but one thing i have found myself personally is yes i own um a dry robe um yeah. i i i don't really use it at the moment um oh, i i know i <laughs> i've kind mine. of i know i've kind of fallen out with mine um yeah i know can you imagine um it's the the horror blasphemy um, blasphemy no i know um i've i've kind of fallen out with mine so no so what i what i know about myself now if i knew it back when i purchased the dry robe would i purchase a dry because i've got the dry robe um you know the the branded one yeah um would i would i spend that much money i'm i'm not i'm not convinced i would now um, okay. I definitely want. I definitely want purchase another one. Um, I outside of swimming, I'm also um, a climber and a skier. So quite a lot of my kit is mountaineering. I have ginormous um, down jackets yeah. that actually um, adjust a lot easier. Um, I also, I'm I, again, I'm quite terrible for this. Um, you know, I tell people to. You know, when I'm coaching people in, in, in sort of winter swimming and things like that, and I say to them, you know, get your towel robe on, get your wet stuff off, get your, you know, if you if you are insisting on wearing underwear, then by all means put it on. But, you know, get get those clothes on and get it all done and then take your dry robe, and then you take your towel robe off and get your dry robe on. Whereas I, 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 I hold my hands up, I put my underwear on, I take my towel off and then I get dressed. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so I, I I don't use my I don't use my um, big dry robe. 
YouTube um, as others do. I don't get dressed underneath it. So for me, it's become a very expensive jacket. That's so funny. I literally live in my I walk the dog in mine. I sometimes go for a swim at lunchtime and then I go and get Ailey, who's five, from school in my dry robe with my swimming costume on underneath. (laughs) I just have no shame. And people look at me like, what are you wearing? I'm like, this is my dry robe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm living it. Not going to lie, you know, I, I... I yeah I don't do that so I don't funny. Um, I, well, I don't have a dog and I don't think the cats would appreciate me no. walking them um outside on a lead um they think would be rather mortified <laughs> at that prospect um so yeah I don't, I don't use it I think if maybe you know if I did have a dog I, I would probably yeah. be inclined to maybe walk in it but I I don't um yeah it's been quite amusing so lock, lockdown um uh, by my dry robe especially because of the initial part, we weren't supposed to be going out swimming and I, and I didn't. Yeah. Um, and uh, it got packed away. Um, it's, yeah, it yeah. has been has been unpacked. It is in my in the boot of my car, mm-hmm. but I can wholly say it's not been used. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I know, we'll I know. I also had it as a spare for coaching. So yeah. if somebody did get a bit cold, I'll put it on. And in COVID times, you don't really want to be sharing, you're not supposed to be sharing your kit with each other. Oh, yeah, that's true. That so true. I now, you know, for, for coaching people, I actually have... Um, have a synthetic blanket which is basically um like half a sleeping bag that can okay. go in the wash a lot easier if, you know if, and i guess you know if i've if i've, if I've done my job well I, I, i've not i've not used it yeah and if i do my job well i shouldn't need to use any of my kit anyway so yeah um but yeah i yeah no terrible. no that's true though isn't it you just mm. got you gotta you know you gotta have a lot of clothes with you and you want to have the easiest possible clothes to get on that you can find yeah i'll tell you something that i have um been quite shocked at, at liking um and i'm not i'm not a, i'm i'm not <laughs> my husband will chuckle at me saying this i'm not a, i'm not the most feminine person um to <laughs> yeah i don't tend to wear skirts very often uh-huh. but i i do quite like the um fleecy leggings so rabdu uh, to name one particular brand but there are several others but rabdu like a, f- a fleecy legging mm. and um i i have become quite partial to the synthetic skirt oh there you go yeah for, for definitely for those later for ladies men you are more than welcome to wear the skirt as well <laughs> um we we you know we don't uh, discriminate against that nope. um but that's really easy to put on um the one i've got i've got a salomon one oh, right. and it's a synthetic skirt and it's got a zip all the way around it so you just wrap it round um and zip it up and then it's quite easy to get changed onto that as well so you're not absolutely your bum to the rest of the loch <laughs> yeah Totally, low. So much easier. Um, so I've become quite partial to that. Yeah, um, a nice. Yeah, yeah. Totally, and I believe some of them are on offer at the moment as well. Good. If you do a bit there of bargain you hunting, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever bit of kid. Yeah, whatever bit of kid. Um, big woolly socks. Um, you know, I'm a fan of huge woolly Scott woolly woolly socks socks. Let's get the words out properly. Yeah. Yeah, and totally. I find I find the bigger the better as well. It's just it's, if if it's roomy, then it's easy to get on, isn't it? And yeah, definitely, definitely. The amount of times that people have come to coach and I've looked at them and like, why are you wearing jeans? Yeah. Oh my God, no. They are yeah. totally inappropriate. Yeah. Even even leggings, I find hard to get on. I don't wear leggings now. Yeah. Um, for that reason, it's easier to put on trackies or whatever. Like I've got fleecy trackies, which are quite nice to put on after I swim and. Yeah. yeah, I've got some uh, fleecy joggers. They are bright yellow with black patches on them. Because um, again, I, I don't, I'm no <laughs> got one. 
<laughs> not into the pink me either <laughs> yeah no no mm-hmm. although I, I did nearly buy the same pair that were um really bright blue with a luminous pink and um, i missed i missed out somebody bought them oh no <laughs> i know somebody else bought them i'm not sure why Perfect. they would do that but there you go one thing we've been doing as well my friends uh, that i swim with um hello natalie dawn um <laughs> they have been wearing their wetsuits like to and from um the lock in the car because actually where we swim there's a bit of a walk to get to it um and that seems to have quite helped as well because like you are just warm in your wetsuit aren't you it's bloody boiling um yeah it can be yeah so you get nice and warm on the way there and like warm up on the way back without actually getting changed and then you go home and get changed so you're not in the wind and yeah, you see, in those in those um, sort of circumstances, maybe I would be swayed in wearing a dry robe over the top of that. You know, I could yeah. be, I could be retempted if I was to re- ever relocate from where I live now, um, and be be faced with other prospects. But yeah, I, I although having said that, I I do live a few most of the locks I can access. I um, I could get there within five minutes of driving, so I yeah. I could just wait till I got home, but. I choose to get dressed lock yeah, side. I do as well. And then, yeah, and then um, I I drive home. It just feels so much nicer uh, to me, anyway. I, I I prefer to be yeah prefer to be dressed for sure, <laughs> <laughs> and warm with my hot chocolate or coffee or whatever it might be. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um. So we've yeah we've kind of covered risks um which we all just need to be aware of um and we've also covered I think we've kind of covered everything that you need to get started, haven't we? Right. We. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can always. <laughs> we should always do another one um <laughs> round two of things that we forgot um yeah or the or an outcast or, or outcast out edit oh god knows i need to stop now <laughs> an edit, i can't yeah, yeah i don't know well you know chris upstairs is an editor so he'll be uh he he knows how to do all that stuff i don't know how to do it <laughs> um yeah. okie dokie so yeah we've got um lots of clothes a hat is always a good idea. A oh, top drink. tip for hats. Yeah, top tip for hats. I can't believe I even forgot this. So um, don't take off your, if you're wearing a neoprene or even a silicon hat, don't take them off. Just put your woolly hat straight on. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a great mm. tip. Good tip. Yeah, keep that on. And then once you've nice and dressed and, and um, got your nice warm clothes on, then take your hat off and it, your head doesn't feel as cold. Good idea. Good tip. Yeah. The only downside to that is if you forget that you are wearing your silicon hat and you're out in the cafe having your hot chocolate <laughs> and you're you're shouting at the top of your lungs because you can't hear anything because you've still got your earplugs in because you've also forgotten to take those out. So yeah, um, yeah. Top tip. Speaking from on. experience, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tend to forget. You know, if I if I don't take my swim hat off, I tend to forget that I've also got earplugs in. Yeah. Um, so when I'm sort of hollering at the top of my lungs. What was that? <laughs> yes, I'd like two hot chocolates. Yep, you know it's time to take to take it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. Thank uh, you for having me. Oh no, at any time. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, so you can follow Sarah at um, Beyond the Water. She's on Facebook and Instagram. You can get some inspiration. Um, and I, I do hope that has inspired you to to get out and try it and, or to keep at least swimming for as long as you feel like you can. Because um, it it's just a bit of a different experience, isn't it? It's, a, it's not the same as just getting in and doing your 3K or whatever it is you're doing in the lock that day for training. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, totally um, different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and re- really positive. Yeah. Yay. 
perfect thank you so much that's so kind of you oh no yeah thank you for having me mm. and i hope yeah i hope we've inspired people to to carry on yeah and if you've got any questions for Sarah, then you can always ask her as well like, absolutely yeah <laughs> email her find her on instagram find her on facebook she'll be more than happy to uh, help you i certainly will yeah definitely oh thank you Sarah. oh thank you thank you for having me Right, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that. I hope you've taken something away from that. And more than anything, I hope you keep swimming outside as long as humanly possible. Um, yeah, next month we are going to be having a conversation with three different people about biomechanics. Um, we've got an osteopath, a chiropractor and a physio, which sounds like the start of a really bad joke, but it should be really interesting. Um, so do join us for that and feel free to send us in any questions that you have about biomechanics. Um, thanks for sticking with us as well, because, you know, this podcast has not gone to plan content wise, obviously this year. Um, but also just like the quality of the sound, we've, Chris and I have been trialing different things. Um, every month and sometimes it works okay and sometimes it's a wee bit crackly so you know it might have been a bit crackly today but hopefully um, in our next podcast it'll be a little bit better quality but yeah we're learning we're trying our best <laughs> um, yeah keep keep sending your feedback keep sending your questions and thanks very much for listening <laughs>